0: Okay, be honest. Does this microphone make me sound fat? Hi, everybody. Uh, You are listening to another episode of the Committed Youth Podcast, the official podcast of the High School Student Ministry of Calvary-La Habra in La Habra, California. I am Kevin Melgar, here to help host today's episode and uh, here co-hosting with me on the episode today, uh, making some time in the midst of a very busy summer, is Brandon Garcia. What's up, Brandon?
1: What's up?
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's just all the energy you have left to very give. Very busy uh, summer.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Summer's not over yet, so i got to save some energy because who knows what Jay's going to throw at us these next two or three weeks. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> uh. Yep uh Jay himself has had the busiest uh summer. Uh he's been at like at our church probably all of maybe a week uh in total uh throughout this whole summer. So uh but you know equally busy and also on the podcast today is our other co-host uh Kayla Cook. How's it going Kayla?
2: It's going great. I think I'm I'm in the same boat. Very busy, <laughs> very tired. Very happy to be here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad. I was worried when you were like busy, tired. Okay, she's actually glad to be here. Too. We're not just <laughs> we're oh, not yeah. just stacking something else on top of her already uh, overwhelmed plate. But yeah, so the three of us uh here today are talking with two students uh and not just any students. It is the dynamic duo of sisters uh that we know obviously as Audrey and Reagan. Welcome onto the podcast.
3: Hello. <laughs> Hello.
0: <laughs> yeah it's great to have you guys on today uh for those of you guys listening obviously hopefully you know audrey and reagan they help out in our youth worship uh and are very involved in our youth group so it's great to have them on and just to be clear i i know i mentioned this but they are sisters
1: uh, just in case anybody wasn't aware <laughs> just
4: in case anybody didn't know <laughs> brandon yeah, in, in, <laughs> any of the youth leaders who have been there
1: for years yeah <laughs>
0: Yeah, some uh, some people on this episode just finding out that their sister sisters not too long ago.
2: <laughs> like weeks ago. <laughs>
0: uh, but on today's episode, uh, we are here discussing the topic of modesty. And we will be basing our discussion today on a recent message uh, done by the Porch Young Adults Ministry that we have referenced many times on previous episodes of this podcast. Uh, we love what they're doing over there at the Porch Ministry. The message that we're talking about today was part of an overall series uh, called Hot Take Summer. And, you know, the hot take on modesty that they had uh, for this message was modest isn't hottest, uh, but it's better. Uh, So it's a really great message on the topic. And we encourage you guys, if you're listening to this episode and haven't had a chance uh, to hear that message from the porch, we're going to link it onto the show notes for today's episode um, if you want to take a listen to it. Uh, But we're going to Uh, get into some hot takes of our own on today's episode, I'm sure. And uh, before we get into the hot takes on modesty, uh, we're going to have a little bit of an icebreaker game uh, based on some of the hot takes that were mentioned in the message for The Porch Podcast. So when the speaker, David Marvin, uh, opened the study, he gave a few of his own hot takes just for fun. And today's game will be a a who-wants-to-be-a-millionaire style trivia guessing game that will, you know, be hopefully fun for Audrey and Reagan on today's episode. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So the way it's going to work is I'm going to give you guys, obviously, multiple-choice questions. We're going to start with Audrey and alternate between the two of you for each round. We'll have three rounds to this game. Uh, If you would like any help during your round uh, you can feel free to ask each other, or you can ask either of my fellow co hosts on the episode today uh, for their advice on what the correct answer may be. So you can phone them as a friend. But uh, Audrey and Reagan, are you guys ready to try this
4: out? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> we both said sure. See, Brandon, we are siblings. Further <laughs> proof.
0: All right, let's get started with this game. So, hot take. Number one, Audrey. So, David Marvin mentioned he thought Michael Jordan is undeniably the greatest basketball player of all time. So, Michael Jordan won six championships with the Chicago Bulls. Six championships, but how many seasons did Michael Jordan play in the NBA? So, how many seasons (laughs) did Michael Jordan play in the NBA? Uh,
3: (laughs) I don't know anything about basketball.
2: It's a hard question. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: to be fair, I'm not sure many of us on the podcast today uh, have a deep bench of knowledge about basketball. Uh, <laughs> nope. But yeah, you'll, you'll make the best go of this, I'm sure. So how many seasons did Michael Jordan play in the NBA? Do you think that is A, six seasons, B, nine seasons, C, 15 seasons, or D, 20 seasons
3: is he even like old enough to have played 20 seasons um i don't reagan do you have any clues for me
4: uh i'd say the second to last one really yeah why do you say that because i don't know it seems like the most logical
1: one i guess
3: (laughs) i don't know i think nine sounds kind of intriguing
1: so you're gonna you're gonna ask Reagan for help and then just ignore it Yes.
2: This feels familiar to me for some reason.
0: <laughs> yeah, Kale has been in that situation many times on the podcast. And...
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, Audrey, what is your answer?
3: I'm gonna go with what Reagan said, and I'm gonna say the second to last one, however many that was.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're going with answer C, 15 seasons. That is your final answer. Yes. Okay. So Audrey is saying Michael Jordan played 15 seasons in the NBA and she is correct.
4: <gasps> oh my goodness. <laughs> so, really, I'm correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know about sports. Not really, but it okay. <laughs> was a good
0: guess. Yeah, way to go. So, now you guys officially know one more piece of sports trivia <laughs> that you didn't know before. Michael Jordan played 15 seasons in the NBA, won six championships. So, way to go. All right. Hot take number two, Reagan, you're up for this round. So, hot take number two uh, that was mentioned in the study was that McDonald's is delicious. Uh, Yes.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Disagree. Disagree. Wow, Kayla. Okay. I haven't had it in like 15 years, literally. So. Wow. How I don't are remember, you? but I think it was gross.
4: Wow.
0: Okay.
2: <laughs> Shame. Uh,
0: yeah, Russell would be highly offended as uh, we learned a few podcast episodes ago that chicken nuggets are his favorite food. Uh, if you guys missed uh, the siblings episode and didn't listen to that, please go back and listen to that. Some great stuff on that episode. But uh, so, Reagan, the question that we want you to answer today for round two. Is which of these facts is not true about McDonald's so which of these facts is not true about McDonald's so is it a Jeff Bezos the richest man in the world once worked at McDonald's B the Queen of England owns a McDonald's C in certain parts of the world McDonald's offers wedding catering packages or D a McDonald's chicken nugget shaped like George Washington once sold on eBay for $5,000.
2: Oh, well, that one's true. (laughs) (laughs) All of us immediately know that one's true.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so I'll go through those one more time. So do you think it's A, Jeff Bezos, (laughs) the richest man in the world, once worked at McDonald's? B, the Queen of England owns a McDonald's? C, in certain parts of the world, McDonald's offers wedding catering packages? Or D, a McDonald's chicken nugget, shaped like George Washington, once sold on eBay for $5,000.
4: <laughs> okay. Uh, well, B seems kind of outrageous to me, but C does not seem possible at all. So, I guess C.
0: Okay, so Reagan is saying C is the fact that is not true about McDonald's. And that is your final answer?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. So Reagan is saying C it is not true that in certain parts of the world, McDonald's offers wedding catering packages, and Reagan is incorrect.
1: Oh. No. Are you kidding?
0: So <laughs> Yes, in certain parts of the world, you can actually get a catering package for your wedding all from McDonald's. Yeah, nice. no, I'd never trust
4: McDonald's that. <laughs> it's McDonald's. <laughs> like, it's good food, but not, no, yeah.
1: But if option D was true, then... You just look at all your chicken McNuggets and you might leave your wedding $5,000 richer. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, unfortunately, uh, or fortunately, answer D was actually the correct answer.
1: What?
2: What? A
0: McDonald's chicken nugget shaped like George Washington did not sell on eBay for $5,000.
2: Really? (laughs) Did it sell for (laughs) $2,000? It sold
0: on eBay for over $8,000. No!
2: (laughs) I knew it was going to be something tricky like that. Like it was just real enough. <laughs> uh, so
0: yeah. Ridiculous. So yes, you would be even luckier uh, than Brandon mentioned if you were able to get a George Washington shaped chicken nugget.
1: I will be looking at my chicken nuggets <laughs> moving forward. Uh,
0: Brandon's like, forget the monopoly scratches they do at McDonald's. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna keep ordering chicken nuggets until I find one.
1: I will purchase Russell chicken nuggets in hopes that we find. It. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It's all, but you claim exclusive rights to any, any chicken nuggets shaped like historical figures. Even if yes, you split true. it,
2: that's $4,000 a person. That's
1: true. It's very true.
0: <laughs> yeah, off of, uh, off of however much it costs to, to buy the chicken nuggets. Probably
2: about that amount, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it evens out.
0: But all right, let's go to round three. Back to Audrey. Final round. Hot take number three. Or at least one of the additional hot takes that David Marvin mentioned is that iced coffee is the only way to drink coffee. Yeah.
4: Oh yeah. <laughs> Again, a lot of nodding heads.
0: <laughs> I'm uh, I'm amazed at how much consensus there is on these hot takes. But Reagan, so for round three, approximately how long has iced coffee been around? So approximately how long has iced coffee been around? Do you think it is a 30 years? B 50 years. C, 180 years, or D, 250 years? So, how long has iced coffee been around? Do you think it is A, 30 years, B, 50 years, C, 180 years, or D, 250
3: years? Wow. Um, I'm trying to, like, imagine, like, people from 200 years ago drinking iced coffee. (laughs) (laughs) The 1800s? Um... Do you think like the American Revolution they'd be drinking iced coffee?
2: That would have been a while before that, actually. <laughs> um, we know they drink tea. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> was the tea iced? That's the real It question.
2: was when it was in the harbor. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna say B.
0: Okay. So you're saying B, 50 years, is the answer that you think is correct.
2: That's as old as Jay. Just think about that. Uh It was around when he was born. He's pretty old, so... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm gonna go with (laughs) B.
0: Okay, so final answer is B. Yes. Okay, so Audrey's saying her final answer is B. She thinks that iced coffee has been around for approximately 50 years. uh, Approximately as long as Jay's been alive. And her answer is incorrect. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, Ice Coffee is just a little bit older than Jay. Uh, It it has not been around for 50 years. It's been around for approximately 180 years. But yeah, thankfully, Jay's been able to enjoy Ice Coffee as long as he's he's been alive either way. Uh, (laughs) But on that note... Uh, we will say thank you, guys, for playing our icebreaker game. One out of three is better than believe it or not. Many people do on these guessing games <laughs> on, uh, our, on our I podcast.
4: Feel, feel better. <laughs> so
0: see when the when the sisters work together, things work out. Mm.
4: Um, one out of three times. <laughs> yep.
1: Thirty-three <laughs> percent of the time. Well, you only asked for help one of the three times. So that is true. There we go.
0: So yeah. So those were the hot takes. Some of the hot takes that were mentioned. On the porch message. So, uh, David Marvin also had some other hot takes. Uh, one of which is that the chain Whataburger or Whataburger is better than In N Out, uh, which, false. you know, I've never tried Whataburger, but as a resident of California, I think I'm contractually obligated to say that that is false. Uh-
2: yeah, indeed. <laughs> Even having never tried it, I can probably tell you it's false. Yeah. In N Out's
4: so good.
1: It's- yeah, everyone that cheered in his audience. I've probably never left Texas so um, mm-hmm. yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tragic <laughs> a bunch of Texans come on now uh but okay so um but anyways the hot take that we're here to talk about obviously is not uh what a burger versus in and out uh it is about the main topic for the message which was modest isn't hottest but it's better uh now maybe some of you have heard people say the phrase modest is hottest Uh, But I guess by many standards in today's society, uh, it isn't always necessarily the hottest. (laughs) Uh, So as we start off this discussion, let's start by asking uh, the question of really when you think of modesty, uh, what comes to mind for you? What have you heard about it? What's been your impression of it? Um, Do you feel like many people care about modesty um, outside Christianity? I guess we can kind of start there um let's start with reagan what do you think
4: yeah um outside of christianity i'd say the majority of people do not but there's the there's the few who are like kind of get it (laughs) (laughs) it's just they get it in some ways but not like all of them it's strange i'd say most christians do care about modesty though there there are actually kind of a lot who don't though
0: (laughs) yeah for sure i mean there are like you said, a lot of people outside of Christianity who don't care about it, it seems like very few probably do. Um, and then Christians, it can be, you know, flip a coin kind of to see who who kind of cares about it, who doesn't. Audrey, do you kind of have the same impression? And then also like personally for you, what has been your kind of take or thoughts about modesty? What would you add to that, to what Reagan had to say?
3: I think that modesty can be viewed in different ways for different people, but My take on modesty is just kind of dressing in a way that um, you're not trying to attract the wrong kind of attention. Like, you're just, you're dressing in order to be God-honoring and modest. It's just, yeah, it's just a way to attract the right attention and not the wrong attention.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And we'll definitely get more into that as we continue talking about this. But Kayla, uh, also for you, I guess, what's kind of the immediate things that come to mind when you think about modesty? And also, do you feel like Christians care about modesty uh, in general, from your experience?
2: Well, I would say, looking into scripture, which I'm sure we'll dive into a little bit deeper later. Um, I think that biblically, we're looking at obviously, like the Bible was written a specific culture. And I think that the issues they were having weren't necessarily about what we would consider to be modesty, but more about being modest in displaying wealth, maybe so to speak, because there's a lot of scriptures talking about that. Like, don't let your adornment be merely outward, like the fixing of your hair and putting on jewelry, that kind of thing. So it was more like toning down your ostentatiousness, so to speak, than it was to like cover up because you were dressing like a prostitute or something. But, um, I think that the way that it's evolved in our culture specifically, uh, has a lot to do with multiple other factors. But I think that when we see, um, a culture recede from the Lord and kind of turn towards godlessness and lawlessness, then you start to see a rise in immodesty and objectification of women and all this other stuff. So I think that it's a multifaceted issue, obviously, but, um, yeah, I think that we can address that a bit more as we get into it. Um, I was just thinking, too, about like the I looked up, I looked it up earlier. There's um, one point nine billion Muslims in the world and two point three billion Christians in the world. So that's a lot of people like I would say the Muslim culture, by and large, is very concerned about the issue of modesty as well. Um, so I would say that's a large portion of the world that should be concerned about modesty, but we don't see that reflected in our culture. So I know for us Christians that we don't really do a good job of representing Christ in the way that we dress for the most part in America. And I think that in the Muslim culture as well, at least in America, we kind of see the same thing. So I don't think that many Christians do really care about modesty in the way that we should um, as people who are trying to walk like Christ in this world. But again, I could go on forever. So let's just stop right there and continue the discussion. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah Brandon anything to add to that what you think of you know when it comes to modesty or what you observe in, in terms of people both inside and outside of Christianity and how they, they might view it
1: um, Kayla gave a huge number as far as how many Christians there are but I know a lot of people who call themselves Christians and they don't act like it right um, and so even that percentage can be lower but as far as do I feel many Christians care about modesty I would say depending on the age group Right? especially high schoolers, young adults, which is the audience we're speaking to. Um, it's very much, oh, I'm going to wear what I want. And if they lust over me, that's on them. They shouldn't be looking at me kind of a thing. Um, and prior to this podcast, I would probably be that small percentage where, or it's probably a big percentage. When I think of modesty, I just think females, right? Uh, in the sense that cover-up shouldn't be wearing certain things. Because dudes, if you go to the beach, you're in trunks. If you go swimming, you're just in swim trunks. And it's not that big of a deal. Um but I think there's a double a double standard. Me, being a guy, I don't think much of it, right? But then listen to the podcast and those that are all macho and muscles and push-ups and not wearing their shirts and being on in public and wanting that attention. And you dress because so you're pretty much the bait, right? What kind of fish are you trying to catch? And so it's not just for the girls, but it's also for the dudes. And we guys also have to be mindful of our Christian sisters. And even those who aren't Christians— that we may cause to stumble depending on the attire certain dudes wear, right? And so do I feel people care about modesty? I don't. I don't think they do at all. Uh, They just care about comfort and they care about their image and more likes and more followers. We we are in the time of social media. And so all these girls and all these boys are going to post certain pictures because they want the likes, because they want the attention. And one of the questions that was brought up in... The podcast was, why did you say what you say? Why are you wearing what you're wearing? Why are you going to post what you just posted? And so I'm sure we'll probably get into that later on. But I think most people don't really care about modesty. They say they will, right? But then what they put out on social media and what they do at the beach and their friends' houses and hanging out at pool parties says a, a different story. The fact that we go on retreats and we need to put that in the rules, modesty, right? Dress modesty, dress modest, know your surroundings goes to show that most people don't really care about being modest until or unless they're spoken to and told that they need to
0: yeah yeah and for sure it's like (laughs) i think that pretty much nails it you know hits the nail on the head when you say like if we're going on this retreat that it's like it's a church event and we're still having to like deal with issues of of modesty that kind of speaks to how much even even in the church it's an issue that can still crop up and and like Kayla mentioned like it might not be Uh, Specifically speaking to the exact same issues that were cropping up in the early church and in in some of the scriptures that are mentioned. But in the same way, it is something that we need to be mindful of and and for the reasons that we'll be going over throughout this discussion. But I think one of the interesting things that you brought up, Brandon, in in terms of it being not just an issue that affects women, right? (laughs) You know, a lot of times I think, like you said, us guys, we can think, oh my gosh, like, yeah modesty like all the women need to dress more modestly but at the same time it's like we as guys also need to be mindful of the effect that the way that we present ourselves has on other people now obviously there are differences between men and women um that's been proven and studied and you know all these different things that people say but i think at the same time there are so many facets to modesty and the reasons for being modest that i feel like guys also don't have an excuse for just kind of putting themselves out there in in ways that you know might not be appropriate I guess that is a good segue into talking about some of the modesty myths, right? Myths about modesty, things that we might tend to think or things that um, people in general might tend to think, um, you know, whether it be Christians or non-Christians, uh, uh, regarding modesty. I know, um, you know, the speaker, David Marvin, he he mentioned uh, a few of them. Um, so, the the first one that he mentioned, which is along the lines of what Brandon was talking about is that modesty is only a woman's problem. And he was kind of myth busting that saying it's not uh, a couple of the other ones. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter what I wear. I can wear whatever I want. The other myth being, uh, you know, being modest is about being prudish, you know, also that modesty is just about clothing. So I just want to throw it out there to you guys. Is there any, one of these myths that you've, you know, found particularly stood out to you or that you've seen particularly be believed or thought about um, in your experience?
3: I think um, the one about it being just about your clothes probably sticks out the most to me because most people, when they think of modesty, they think it's about how you dress and making sure you cover up. And
4: yeah, I don't know. I think that's what stuck out to me. (laughs) For me, it was the third one. It doesn't matter what I wear. I can wear whatever I want. Because I've seen like a lot of people nowadays, they're like, it's seen as like a powerful thing. They're like girls and guys to dress how they want. And, like, they want women to dress, like, mm, not very okay. And then (laughs) guys, (laughs) it's, like, it's, apparently it's, like, empowering or something to wear a skirt as a male or something. (laughs) Or, like, wear pants as a female. I don't, it's kind of backwards. (laughs) Just... don't know it's just society is so weird nowadays and i just it's kind of saddening because it's just that goes to show how like far society has fallen from what the bible actually teaches and yeah
0: yeah yeah and for sure it's a it's a big thing in society today like in the world that we live in that you don't have to listen to anybody else telling you what you should and shouldn't wear um and well yeah i mean i'm not i'm not going to say that you know women shouldn't be wearing pants but I definitely will say that guys shouldn't be wearing skirts um, unless you're like Scottish and it's a kilt like and it's part of your heritage <laughs> and you just do it because I mean sure I guess like if it's really if it, if it's really a thing that your family's into sure why not uh, but don't just go out there and be wearing skirts dude that's just that's weird uh, <laughs> yeah
3: <laughs> looking at Harry Styles
1: Yeah, <laughs> now
2: we're calling people out yeah okay. Yeah,
0: Harry Styles. You're listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm. I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Kayla or Brandon? Uh, well, Brandon already mentioned kind of the one that stood out to him the most, but Kayla, was there anything in particular that stood out to you? Or
2: Yeah, I I would actually say that the first one feeds into the second one. So the first one being modesty is only a woman's problem. Therefore, it doesn't matter what I wear. I can wear whatever I want. I think that those two are kind of symbiotic. So Um, kind of along the lines of what um, Reagan was saying, that it's like empowering in society. And I remember even being in college talking about like how um, in psychology and sociology classes in secular and in like a Christian university, I was hearing it from both both ends of the spectrum. Um, They would basically be saying like, girls should be able to wear whatever they want. Like guys should just learn how to control themselves. And while that's true that like we have to, we're in control of our own eyes and our own thoughts and behaviors and attitudes. Um, that doesn't mean you just go out, like go all psycho and dress in, in ways that are totally inappropriate. Um, but I think that, yeah, there is something to say about our American culture too. And I remember um, talking to a friend from Japan and they have like, they have public baths over there where everyone doesn't wear any clothes and Americans. Yeah, I know. Americans were like, (laughs) uh, that's crazy. That's disgusting. Why would you guys do that? And then they're like, uh, you guys are the ones who dress like you're not wearing anything in public. We're doing this in private. So what's the difference? And I was like, (laughs) um, that is a fair point. That is actually a good point. So the way that we're viewed by other, Christians throughout the world is kind of in a negative light as far as how we dress and how we portray ourselves. So I think that because of that issue of, of pride, that like, it's, it's not my issue. Like I could do whatever I want. You're forgetting who you belong to and that your body doesn't belong to you. It's Christ. And so, I mean, the Bible talks about that. So it's like, you were bought with a price. You're not your own. So therefore glor- glorify God with your bodies. And so I think that when we forget that, it's really easy to get caught up in what other people are saying or what the world or culture is saying about how we can do whatever we want and dress however we want. But yeah, that third one, um, modest, being modest is about being a prude. (laughs) I don't think I've ever been called a prude before in my life. but like I, I don't really know if that's something that's come up. Like, I don't. I don't dress inappropriately. I don't think. I, like my parents kind of, you know, beat that into me when I was little. Like you're gonna dress nicely. And this and this. You know, my, I don't really care actually about clothes. So um, again, it's and like we said, it's not just about clothing. But like, I haven't ever been one that's into fashion or anything. So I let my parents dress me until I was probably too old to let them dress me. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> Nice. but um, <laughs> Yeah, but like it was never really an issue, I think, because I was in sports a lot. So like, I don't know, in soccer or whatever, it was just nobody cared how you're dressed. So I, I wasn't around. I wasn't in circles, I should say, growing up where it was equated to being a prude. So hearing that was kind of actually surprising to me because I don't think that that ever crossed my mind, really, in regards to modesty.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting one. And uh, definitely the speaker had some choice words against that myth. So you guys mm-hmm. can go and listen to to what he referenced in regards to calling that out as, as not being true. So obviously, again, the title of the message was Modest Isn't Hottest, But It's Better. You know, the whole idea of like, yeah, by society standards, a modest outfit isn't going to be the hottest outfit, obviously. But, you know, when we're talking about modesty, it is better. And he kind of gave three main reasons. We'll, we'll go through each one of them and I think kind of unpack them or or talk about it uh the first one was that uh modesty is better because it attracts the right people i know audrey was kind of touching on this a little bit in, in terms of attracting the right kind of attention when she was talking about what she thought in regards to modesty but yeah so did anything from this part of the study specifically speak to you know your personal experience or any scriptures that you were thinking of um kind of what stood out to you guys from from this main point of you know modesty is better because it attracts the right people
1: um, so a huge part, I think that stood out to me, um, cause even though, and like I said, it's kind of a biased, it's kind of, um, a double standard. They say modesty is not just for the women, but a lot of the study was focused on the women, right? And so a lot of it was what you put out. <clears throat> and so one of, one of the points you made was that you can dress a certain way and it's not going to have guys attracted to you. Yeah, they're going to have lustful thoughts, but they're not going to be attracted to you. And so people that dress a certain way, and this is both boys and girls. uh, And like I said earlier, which kind of fish are you trying to hook? Um, If you dress modest, people are going to be attracted to you based off of your character, based off of who you are. Right? Not based off of what you look and what you're putting out there. And so I think anyone that wants to dress less (laughs) and not cover themselves up, there's a personal issue. You're not confident with who you are um, without having to put your looks out there. Uh, You as a person might be boring. You might be dull. You might need (laughs) to...
2: (laughs) It's true.
1: You need to more focus on on yourself internally, spend some time with the Lord, and really love who God created you to be internally, not externally. Because those friendships, um, or even those relationships, it's no longer love at first sight, but it's lust at first sight. And you might try to fill those void because you're attracting those certain people. But looks are going to fade. As you get older, Like looks are going to fade. And when that happens, like they were saying in the study, the person that you're with who was with you because of how you looked are going to leave you for someone who looks better again or younger. And that there's going to be a continual cycle. And if you're focusing more on your outward appearance, then you're going to live a lonely life. And so it's more focused on who you are internally. Focus on the Lord and be modest and those that are the the right friendships the right people um possibly even the relationship is going to come your way and it's going to be a godly relationship you're going to have more godly friends um and those are the people you want to keep close to you
0: yeah yeah for sure and you know modesty not meaning that you can't try to look good but obviously i think audrey kind of summed it up when she was saying like what kind of attention are you trying to grab it's like there's obviously a line that gets crossed at some point where it's like, okay, now you're obviously very much trying to use your body to grab someone's attention. And again, uh, going back to what Brandon was mentioning from the study is is like, there's a, there's a principle where it's like the type of bait you use determines the type of fish you catch. So it's, you know, the, the type of attention you're trying to draw is going to bring a certain type of person. And I know, you know, like Brandon mentioned, a lot of this skews towards women, right. In terms of how they're dressing, Um, I think uh, a good point for guys is, I mean, obviously, similarly, you know, if you're just putting yourself out there like constantly, like posting pictures of yourself without your shirt on and like doing all this stuff, it's like, okay, so you're obviously, (laughs) you're trying to get a girl who's interested in your body. Like, that's, that's pretty obvious on some level, at least.
1: Yeah. Continuing with that, I, I mean, again, there's, there's times you're at the beach, you're at the swimming pool. Yeah. You're going to just be in trunks. You're going to swim, right? As far as the guys go. But if you're a dude who's finding ev- every opportunity to not wear a shirt and say, like, dude, there's no reason to not wear a shirt right now. Oh, well, it's hot. Not really. Put on a shirt. You know, uh, what, what what are you trying to prove? And there's those meatheads that are, oh, no, it's just hot and I don't care what people think about me. I was like, then put on a shirt, you know? And so there's there's a time and a place. Yeah, you're going to go swim. There's Yeah, you don't need to be wearing a shirt when you're swimming, when you're in the pool, when you're at the beach. Um, but if you're just, whatever, if people know you're working out, let's say, why do they know you're working out? Like, are you posting? Are you talking about that all the time? What do you have to prove from the guy's perspective?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then also, I mean, not to totally commandeer this for the guys, but the girls aren't talking, so I'm going to take the opportunity.
2: Uh, (laughs) We have plenty to say, Kevin, don't worry. You go ahead. I'll
0: I'll give it back over to you guys in a second. But, uh, you know, also in terms of, okay, so the type of bait you're using determines um, what kind of fish you catch. I think the flip side of that is uh, the kind of bait you're going for determines what kind of fish you are. Uh, So that's another point for the guys is, so like if you're out there and you're constantly chasing these girls that are, you know, either in person, right, not dressing modestly or always posting pictures of themselves dressed not modestly, it's like and you're constantly like chasing these girls, well then... That kind of tells you more about yourself. It's like, what are you prioritizing as a guy in terms of what you're looking for in a relationship? It's like, it makes it kind of obvious that you're just looking for someone's body. Like, that's literally all you want. You don't want a woman. You want a body. And it's like, (laughs) uh, you know, you need to be careful of that as a guy. And, you know, it doesn't mean, obviously, that you can't be attracted to someone that's, you know, pretty, but you shouldn't be just looking for that you know the scripture that came up in the study was 1st Samuel 16:7 in regards to you know this context of Samuel looking for a new king of Israel he comes to the house of David who would be anointed king and he starts looking at all of David's brothers who looked more like people who would be kings than David did uh, but here in 1st Samuel 16:7 it says but the Lord said to Samuel do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature Uh, because I have rejected him, speaking of David's brother. uh, For the Lord sees not as the man sees, man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. So the whole thing being Samuel saw David's brothers and was like, oh my gosh, these people, you know, look really good. They must be who you want to be king. But the Lord coming and saying like, no, 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 no. You look at what people look like on the outside and you judge them entirely based on that. But God looks at the heart. So if we are as Christians and as Christian guys to be, looking at people the way that God looks at people, we're supposed to be less occupied with what they look like on the outside and more occupied with who they are on the inside. And that should really be the focus of any guy who is saying that he's a follower of Christ, right? Saying that he (laughs) values what God values, Um, you know, there should be that emphasis on the heart and on what the heart is. Uh, another scripture that came to mind for me was Proverbs thirty one thirty, uh, saying charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. So to all the guys out there listening, uh, remember, you know, it's not just about what kind of bait you're putting out there, but it's also about what kind of bait you're going after. So don't just be going after, um, someone who looks good and wants to reveal as much as they possibly can about how good they look, uh, because that's not really what it's all about. You know, all that will fade with time. <laughs> and so what you really want to be seeking and what you really want to be going after is a woman who fears the lord. So anyways, I'm going to hand it over speaking of women to uh those that we have <laughs> on this podcast. Uh so what did you guys think about this first point of modesty is better because it attracts the right people?
2: So, I have a friend um a few years ago who um a guy approached her and was like interested in her and she was all upset because she's like I'm not attracted to him. I don't think he's attractive and I was like, well, does that really matter at the end of the day? Like, is that, is that why you're marrying him? Because of his looks? And she was like, well, no. And I'm like, is he faithful? Does he love the Lord? Does he have accountability with people in his life that can speak in his life? Is he submitted to God? And she's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I said, okay, so what's the issue? And she's like, I'm just not attracted to him. I'm like, okay, go ask all your married friends if they were initially attracted to their, to their husband. If that's like you know, is that's the selling point. And she went and asked all her married friends and all of them, except two were like, Nope, initially did not think my husband was attractive. <laughs> and, and the two that said yes, weren't believers when they met their husband. So she's like, they were looking for the wrong things. And, and so we had that conversation and she was like crying, like, I just don't know what to do. And I'm like, let God work out the details. Like, you you shouldn't be going for that that's not what you're marrying this person for it's not because of the way they look on the outside because in 10, 20, 30, 40 years that's going to fade and if the guy's a jerk that's not going to fade <laughs> so like would you rather be married to an unattractive jerk or like or sorry an attractive jerk or <laughs> an unattractive person who loves the lord and the lord works all those things out like over time you know he figures all that stuff out but Um, again, kind of to what Kevin was saying that like, we look on the outward appearance and we, our culture has taught us that that's what we're supposed to look to first. When we're looking at someone like that, you're, are you attracted to that person? When you're asking someone that question immediately, your mind goes to the physical saying, oh yeah, like I like his eyes. I like his hair, like his, how he dresses. I like his style, like whatever. And those are literally the last things that the Lord wants us to look at. So when you're asking those questions, we should, like, even the way we talk about it is just so skewed from what God has for us. And so I like that David Marvin was pointing that out, like, what you fish with is what you're going to catch. And that's not exactly what you want to catch. So you might get what you wanted, but not, <laughs> not what you need, not what, not what you actually want in the long run for, you know, longevity. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so I agree with that.
0: So yeah, I mean, definitely, for sure, that is something that we should be considering in terms of longevity and things for the long term. Uh, Now, speaking of long, I know we've been talking uh, for a while about this topic, and and we still have so much more to talk about. We are just barely on the first of the three main points of the study, Um, and I don't think we were even done talking about just this first point. So what we're going to do is we're going to split this discussion into two episodes. We'll stop this discussion right here. Uh, We'll keep talking uh, and keep recording, but we'll release the next part of our discussion on our next episode. So uh, until then, I'm going to tell everybody listening in that if you guys want to get in contact with us, uh, you can get in contact with us on our Instagram. Uh, You can DM us there. Our Instagram handle is at committed youth. Uh, and as well we have a email address that you can reach us at committedyth at gmail.com again that is committed at gmail.com so if you guys want to send us an email you can send it over there but until then and until we can pick up this discussion back here on our next episode we are going to say to all of you listening in from all of us here on the podcast from all of us at committed youth god bless and goodbye
1: Kevin, that mic does not make you sound fat.
3: Oh, thank you. (laughs)